Hello, my name is Andrew Pontius. And I'm Will French. And this is Edge Cases, a podcast about often Apple-related software development and popular 70s TV shows. This is episode... What episode is this? Seven? (laughs) I think it's seven. Seven, there we go. We're recording this on Saturday, June 30th, 2012. And today's topic, what's today's topic, Wolf? It's pretty much a, a rant about NS error. NS error. Sounds good. Alrighty. Um, I am using a another new microphone today. I'm actually using an old eyesight camera. Uh, and this is mostly because I forgot to borrow the microphone that was that was better uh, again for this weekend. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, and Wolf, this sounds sounds okay so far, right? Yeah, it sounds a, um, a lot better than um, when you're shouting to your machine, at least. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, shouting into your machine. That sounds like it could be a a title for something. (laughs) I'm almost thinking that this should be this, uh, like, every week you use a different microphone, and none of them are ever good. (laughs) That's actually – so sort of gradually building up to something. I don't know what I would be building up to. (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, that's that's the cliffhanger. you got to (laughs) let – Yeah, right. Someday there will be a good microphone. So – uh, and one thing, uh, let's see. So I know you've been uh, a little shy about us taking the time to put your uh, Twitter name into the podcast, just because it's relatively hard to spell. <laughs> and I, I uh, did you see this tweet from uh, Andy Lee? Uh, I usually see Andy Lee's tweets, but yeah. Well, this was this is from three days ago. Okay, uh, and I'll put it in the show notes where he said there's a, he has a mnemonic right. for remembering your name. And uh, the mnemonic is, uh, a wolf is so smart, I wish I could rent the school he went to. <laughs> and, and the idea there being that it, if you break down your name, it's, it's rent, the regular word rent, plus Z, plus SCH. So I actually think we could make this uh, a public service uh, moment for the world. And it, wouldn't it be great if, you know, if everyone who listened to this podcast could just spell your name, you know, with the greatest of ease? I know that would help me. Would help you so so that's I'm, that's going to be part of my mission from now on is to make sure that we spell your Twitter name, which is of course your last name, uh, and get that across to everyone. Oh well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I have to admit that I often uh, would fumble on the I and Pontius. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, the most of the time people uh, people spell it like Pontius Pilate. Okay, which you know is pretty much the the black sheep of the family. We don't really mention him <laughs> in the the get-togethers, you know. Alrighty. So, anything else before we get started? Uh, I think that does it for me. So we can get let's jump into it. Jump into NS error. Take it away. <clears throat> so, it. <clears throat> I'd like to start at the beginning here. So it's kind of like the idea of error codes in general, and uh, so it's uh, with the idea that you have a uh, a function or a method, and it's something goes wrong with it, right? So uh, you can usually indicate something has gone wrong by passing like. A flag saying yes, thumbs up, okay, or you pass back saying no, something something's gone terrible. And I think when the older c- circumstances of this, then that survives in modern uh, era error. <sighs> wow, I knew I was going to do that. Modern era, <laughs> what is error? No, which is Unix's little way of signaling errors. And those are the guy yep. with the mm-hmm. all uppercase, very short. Like I, I think <laughs> they have like a limit of seven digits, so it's like e. No Very mail. cryptic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, so those are the those are the the constants that fit into the error no guy, 
And if you actually right. look up error no, um, I think it used to be defined as like a short or something. And uh, although if you look at in today's times, it will be uh, you look at it and you see it's actually it's uh, a macro that evaluates to a function call because it turns out that on modern Unixes, at least on Mac OS X, I assume also on the BSDs, and I don't know about Linux, but I assume that, um, that if error no was not good enough because it used to be a global variable, and then these things called threads happened. And so I think error no pretty much is um, a wrapper so that each thread gets its own error no. Oh, interesting, yeah. I think there's a, like... I think there's like even a like a underscore underscore built in Arano underscore underscore that uh, is in the header file or whatever because uh, it's kind of a weird it can't be a traditional macro function because like you should you need to be able to assign to it too so it's it's um, definitely it's a special case. Uh-huh. And so the um, other thing is uh, that's a rust from the same error error era is. Uh, Malik, which you, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> but, you know, but towards the end, I'll th- thoroughly <laughs> m- mistake both of them. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Malik will obviously return null if it couldn't uh, actually allocate your memory, and this tends to be kind of theoretical because um, <clears throat> first off, you have VM, and in even 32-bit, you have to burn up a good amount of memory to before you actually exhaust at your space. But I have seen it done, and basically uh, Unix systems, uh, Unix uh, programs, this assume that if malloc returns null, that you're so screwed that um, that it will. The next thing, they don't check that uh, null is returned. Is what I'm trying to say. That right. that they will just go ahead and dereference it or assign to it, and you'll basically almost immediately crash. So mm-hmm. this is unlike uh, the classic Mac days. Where we had new pointer and new handle, and these guys uh, in the uh, classic Mac days, um, each each uh, program had a fixed amount of uh, memory space to give it. So if you had a 16 megabyte Mac, you might say, "Oh, Photoshop, you only get eight megs of it." And so if Photoshop asked for more memory than what the program was allocated for, it would actually get get a null handle back. And it turns out that Mac programmers would actually test for this like religiously. Pretty religiously, like, and would actually um, a, a standard technique there was actually like, you'd um, start up uh, your app and you'd allocate like a 16k memory cushion. I'm putting cushion in air quotes here. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you don't use it until you call new handle or new pointer, and you get back a null handle or a new pointer, a null pointer, and then you're like, oh no, it's null. I'll just release my cushion and I'll get that back, or I'll just start using my cushion directly. And so you could kind of hobble along, but then tell the user, "Hey, I'm running out of low memory. You better close some documents or something." So this. Well, you could also of- you could also compact things, right? I'm right. not sure they right. didn't use that word, but you know, various things you manual things you had to do to handle memory uh, exhaustion. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember like talking to one of the guys. Uh, on the IE team of your well, IE Mac, and uh, they were talking. He was telling me like the like the hardest thing about actually having like a web browser engine is because of the Mac's unique uh, memory model that you dealt in handles instead of pointers, so you can so the memory manager could move memory around for you. And um, the fact that you know null was non fatal that you should be able to try recover from that. So that it definitely it complicated. You know, the Mac traditional Mac classic Mac was definitely odd man out type stuff. But 
on the uh, on the classic Mac, we also had OS Air, which was also a 16-bit integer, and that's how it would signal uh, error co- errors and conditions. So you'd have like error f you know, file not found and stuff like that, which I think is minus 43 because I've seen that so- one so many times. But <laughs> but uh, that got extended to OS status. Uh, yep. What was that? Like system seven five something like that. But that was seven five or eight. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so that was like a thirty two bit extension of OS error. So everything that all the codes in OS error were the same codes in OS status, but you could have more of them. And then uh, then uh, I'm trying to do this in kind of chronological order. So then you also had mock. And mock had this interesting thing where they had 32-bit errors from the get-go, mock errors. And if you actually pop open the file mock slash error.h, which is in your uh, user include directory, I think, um, they actually would break down the error into three parts. So the upper six bits would be for the system. The middle 12 bits would represent the subsystem. And then the lower 14 bits could be used for the error code itself. <laughs> so it was a very structured, yeah. not just a single integer you're putting in there, but actually you could like look at this error code and you could pull it apart and present that to the user, which actually none of these examples are really good to present to the user. But it was, it was a somewhat high fidelity option. Well, but that just, that just tells me, you know, it just says, you know, using one error code for errors when you want to actually have a whole bunch of information about it. You know, it's just a bad idea. It's just not a very future-thinking idea. That's pretty much um, my thoughts on the matter. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, uh, there tends to be this um, kind of myopia of uh, operating system vendors where they will define a bunch of errors for their systems. And they're like, okay, that's we're done. And the user programmers are responsible for not only dealing with the errors that the system's uh, th- themselves define, but also kind of also their own errors, and they don't have clean extensibility in terms of saying, "Well, I want to define this kind of error because I I have my own code and it has a bunch of other. And it's not just file not found type of operating system stuff. I can have all sorts of different things that can go wrong that I want to be able to uh, track and deal with. And uh, most of these kind of ways to deal with the error no thing, the OS error OS status, even the mock one tends to be. Not really, um, I mean, it tends to be not very extensible. I mean, mock does have the error local, local type thing, but it doesn't give you any real way to, like, um, avoid collisions with other people to find the same, you know, uh, same 14 bits for the, that error code. And then, so really, so this was pretty much all okay. It's, it's kind of a not a, not a great system, but it was reasonable and we could, we could live with it. But really, probably when I, we, the, when I started getting mad about the situation was Core Foundation. And Core Foundation is this low-level C-style API at the, at the bottom of Mac OS X. And when Core Foundation came out, even though like um, we had, that mock itself had this like structured error codes, and on on the traditional Macintosh, uh, classic Macintosh, we had you know these 16-bit error codes, all this. Core Foundation pretty much just say yes or no, things succeed, succeeded. So like the you know the naive most possible naively possible thing, uh, the Core Foundation embraced, and this would either would not tell you, not give you an error at all, or they say yes. Yep, things are good. Or no, no, something went wrong. And there was literally there was no mm-hmm. way to find out deeply, like what exactly went wrong. 
And this yeah, was, it was yeah, it was a huge step backward. Everyone everyone reacted to that at the time, certainly. Yeah, did, did you? I, I think this persisted into like, what was it like ten point three or something like that? Do you remember when they started like actually returning like more information about this? Well, uh, I mean, I don't remember there being a big change ever. Well, we have CF error now. Okay. Okay. So, so we're still still getting to the point of NS error, but not 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 there yet, and and CF error, but. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> CF error is kind of like the first thing, like we like the, especially the carbon programmers who are used to dealing with OS statuses, and um, oh, and tends to wrap them in exceptions and C plus plus exceptions. Like we couldn't believe the fact that we couldn't actually tell whether or not the software was failing. So this was quite the shock to us, but. Um, is around, um, I think 10.2, or maybe it was 10.3, that we, we got that, um, there always were exceptions in Objective C, but they were based on long jump, which is, long jump is a, as a C mechanism for basically saving the state, uh, uh, uh saving the state of the program. So, I, th- I think it's saved in global or something, maybe thread local. Anyway. And, then the program, there's set jump and there's long jump. So set jump, you say, okay, this is a point of return that may happen. And then later on, the program executes, maybe hits, an, hits a problem, and it can long jump back to where the original set jump was. And it's like, it's really low level. It has all sorts of thorns in it. Uh, but it's, it is feasible to actually pretend you have an exception mechanism in C. Have you ever used set jump long jump? Uh, directly? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. So the the Objective C stuff actually had NS exception, and NS exception provided macros NS during and NS handler, right. mm-hmm. yeah, and NS hand, and handler, which actually would wrap the such a long jump stuff yep. for you, so that way it will be more kind of um, it looks it look less bad. <laughs> but right. it, it was like uh, circuit ten three that the Objective C actually came out with at try and at catch. Mm-hmm. So this was like a modern exception system. It was still uh, compatible with the set jump long stuff, though. I, it was initially using that same mechanism, I believe, but it was just kind of like syntactic sugar. Uh, nowadays, it's actually uh, compatible with the C++ exception model. So they're actually one and the same, which is has a bit of awesomeness, which I'll talk about later. But <clears throat> so when when I saw this, I'm like, this is uh, this is basically Apple finally blessing exceptions as the way to do error handling in Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, yeah. So, so, I, so you already know my point because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because uh, you laughed heartily at that. And because, like, why else would they would they a- add this at try and at catch when if we, it wasn't meant to be used? And this is basically, like, at try and at catch to me was, I think it was probably the last language feature added to Objective C, where that in, that embodied the idea that the Objective C language is separate from the Cocoa frameworks, that it was added to language with that I don't know if it was they knew they would never actually add real exception support to Cocoa, or if they just said you know this is a language feature and we're going to add it even though the Cocoa f- frameworks will never support it. And the reason why the Cocoa frameworks don't support it, is, for my I can what 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 little birds tell me, is that all of uh, Foundation AppKit is not exception safe. So you throw an exception through there, and things are going to leak, and things are going to 
uh, not work right. And so the I and so and they don't want to revisit all that code and make exceptions safe. I don't know. I I mean it's I know there's tons and tons and tons of code, but do you think that you know if they really put put you know really worked on it, they could make it happen? But um, well, it's kind of the same thing with uh, garbage collection, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, so with um, <laughs> the <laughs> exception stuff, uh, it's always been kind of like this thing where when Coco will throw an exception, that represents programmer error. And that that is something that should only happen really in development, and, and we're not going to really try to save the world here or, or treat this as a routine thing. It's an exceptional case, and the exceptional case is actually you made a st- mistake, which if they knew me better, they know that that is not an exceptional case. But... <laughs> with so the the at try and at catch stuff you can use in your own code but in but if you look at you know how most coco apps are written it's you're getting you're getting invoked somehow and it's like you have you know you're somehow coco is calling you so it's not safe for you to at throw an exception and thus have it it will eventually go through coco code which is pretty much defined as not being supported so it's probably those undefined gray regions that things bad things may happen, they may not, you might get lucky, whatever. So but the bottom line is that uh, exceptions and cocoa do not mix. So Indeed. Yeah. So um <laughs> I like to refer to this part as the lie of try catch because um it, they exist in the language and they're fine for your like ba- they're basically fine for a method or two of your code, but you can't throw them across the the framework boundaries. Well there was a, yeah the yeah, and you know, I've had experience with C++ and you often had a lot of the same issues in C++, this idea that you could only let exceptions propagate so far. Sure. Cuz in, in theory most of C++ is exception safe, but but that wasn't there there were a lot of places where oh no no, you can't you can't let it go through this library or whatever. Oh sure. So I I don't necessarily see that as as being a particular failing of of objective C in that in that case. Maybe that's just because I dealt with a lot of bad C++ back in the day, but you know. You know. <laughs> uh, is there any? Is there good C++? <laughs> There's some. <laughs> so this is actually one of the. Th- we'll probably have to do a show on like where I, where like I say good things about C++ and then you agree with them, and then I'll tell you you're wrong, and then I'll say bad things, and you'll agree <laughs> with them. I'll tell you you're wrong. It's like C++ to me is like. You know, my drug-addicted little sister, which, by the way, I don't have one, but my hypothetical drug-addicted little sister is like, you know, she, sure, she breaks into your, your house and she steals your money, but you can't talk trash about her, even though I know that she has problems. Anyway. Uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> so, anyway, so um, the standard way to deal with, like, um, in, in, before we had NS error which I, I think it arrived in 10.3, 10.4, or something like that, is that uh, Cocoa functions re- return bool, <laughs> which is shades of core foundation, right? This entire, you know, there's a, there's this kind of like the Unix mindset, where it's like, oh, errors happen, and oh, you're going to crash anyway, so tough luck. That's kind of the malloc returning null, but you can't effectively do anything about it type mindset, right? That if you know you run out of re- memory, you thus should pretty much die immediately because the system is already already uh, overcommitted. And so, so one the so one step beyond beyond that is the returning of bool to indi- or like a null pointer when things go wrong. 
And that was, of course, insanity. You have the same arguments that we had with Core Foundation when it when it wouldn't give you the fidelity that you need to actually understand what's going wrong with the program. And so finally, Apple rode into the rescue, which I thought was going to be an NS exception. That ended up being a false flag, and it, and we end up getting NS error. And <laughs> to me, like NS error is, I mean, probably the worst thing Apple could have done is us let the status quo lie and saying, oh, you got you got booleans and you got pointers, haha, that's it. But NS error is like probably the second worst thing you could do. Probably the best thing you could do is actually studly up NS exception and make at try at catch work and stuff like that. But NS error <laughs> like like mushrooms after a thunderstorm. These all of a sudden all these methods sprung up new variants. Right, that, that right. all of them had li- tacked onto the end error colon ns error asterisk asterisk error. Yep. And <laughs> I, I do this. I can't believe they did this. Um, <laughs> this because well, it's it's still going on, right? I mean, they're right. still they're still completing adding error to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean. Number one, it's like you're you're having to add. I mean, obviously with exceptions, that's out of band signaling. So if they went with exceptions, they just could have used uh, they could use the same method to destroy everything. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, now we throw exceptions. No, but instead they will go through every possible thing that could return an error, and now they're re-encoding it to have that little that little appendage of error error. Star star error. Sorry. Or error star star, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is and this is part of the problem. It's like, well these methods were already turning bool, right? So it's like you know, yes equals yes, I succeeded, no equals no no I didn't succeed. And you kind of you think the obvious thing to do with that instead of returning a bool, which this it does not give you enough error fidelity, is that you would return an NS error star. Yes, yes. <laughs> but of course, you run into the problem there that what happens if you have like a nit with blah, blah, and it's right. actually trying to return a, uh, a pointer itself. It's, and so you, you have some problems there. But, so, but those actually, if you look at most of the methods that have error tacked onto the end of the now, most of them don't return pointers. I think uh, most of them actually return uh, bulls indicating success. Yeah, a couple of them do. And you got to be really careful because the you know they make it clear that you know the, the pointer is non-nil that's success and if the pointer is nil that's failure but you know sometimes that can be a little difficult because you could then return like a, like an empty string would be success right but nil would be failure whereas in most cases nil and versus empty is is not considered a meaningful distinction yeah um, you always could throw an NS null in there. Everyone's, I think, oh, like, oh, it's, oh. it's a class everyone loves to hate is NS null. <laughs> but anyway, <Indeed>. yeah. <laughs> but but. So, so you have the problem where they've added on uh, they added on this appendage, this error appendage, and they did it, and they kind of were back in the wall here. It's like they're saying, "Well, we're going to give you an, a new object via this mechanism." So they, so they really, they had a choice here. Either you could have like some sort of NS mutable error, which you like set to zero, and then you pass it and say, "Hey, mutate this if I actually have an error." Or they have a choice of actually creating an immutable class, an immutable instance, and returning it that way. And I'm actually in favor of immutability in the general case, so I'm sympathetic to this way of doing it. However, <laughs> in 
what – and another way that I couldn't believe is that um, this pattern basically defies any sort of mechanism of um, automation where <clears> – <throat> so um, I – a, if you have like a, str- a string of uh, methods that you need to call, and all of them can return an error, uh, you wind up to a, you basically have three ways to deal with this. Uh, the simplest way is that you just keep track of the error, and basically before each call, you wrap that in an if no error type stuff. And uh, <laughs> so, if you have five methods in a row, all of which can return an error, you basically have five if statements, and you basically nest all your actual code one deep. Well, this is how all the old stuff worked because right. everything gave you an error code back. That's right. So this is if whatever. This is why go-to statements were very common in uh, in old uh, Mac Classic code bases because you had to say, well, you know, if if failure, go to this failure handling section, which couldn't be every little step in the way. Mm-hmm. I'm actually uh, so that's like you have like the bales. Little label there. It seems to be yeah. common, like QuickTime code and stuff like that. But it might just be common in Mac code in general. But yeah, so you'd like you'd just do a go to bail, and then that's where you'd put your error cleanup. It's basically uh, exception handling, poor man's exception handling, and pure C. And it has its attendant problems. But um, with, <clears throat> I'm actually a fan of putting each statement in its if, assuming you can do. You don't have exceptions. I'm a fan of putting each statement as if because uh, a lot of people say that adds a lot of code clutter. But I found that actually you just tend to ignore the leftmost column because it's just a bunch of redundant if statements. And you just look at the functionality right-hand column. So I've I've had to write a lot of like carbon file manager type code in a previous life. So I got very comfortable. And God help me, Apple events. <laughs> where Apple events where you're building up data structures atom by atom and everything could fail all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, um, and the third way is to basically promote these errors into exceptions themselves. So I, I said how at try at catch is a lie that you can't really use it. Well, you can use it inside a method. So you can have an, a, a nice at try at the top of your method and you can have a nice at catch or at finally at the bottom. And it works because you're, you're not throwing exceptions past your method boundary. So that's totally fair game. And so you want to typically um, wrap these things that can return errors and kind of promote them into exceptions that can be thrown. And for the longest time, I tried to automate this with macros. And um, the <laughs> uh, let me pull up my um, my. I have a project in GitHub, which I'll put a link to here, called NSX Return Throw Error. And I probably have a copyright data here. Yeah, so apparently I published this in 2007, and I worked on this with a, uh, a colleague of mine, Dave Dribben, and it was... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind I of... Know, I know Dave, right? Yeah, yeah. Go on. And it was a kind of an attempt to kind of promote uh, traditional POSIX and, oh, and um, other kind of like standard error codes into... Uh, NS exceptions that could be thrown. So if you have, you know, a carbon error or, or sorry, OSS error, you have a POSIX error, you have these type of errors, you could then wrap them in NS exception and actually throw them. So that was an attempt to deal with that for a while. And so, but automation is really hard because of what I consider a, a very toxic design pattern that came along with NS error. Because NS error has a bunch of issues, but probably one of the most toxic was that you cannot look at an NS error until you know there's an error. 
And <laughs> so the idea here is that remember those return codes that all these methods return? So they're basically returning a bool or an, a pointer. Those are, you're not supposed to look at the error unless you those return codes look like something that indicates an error. That's right. <laughs> and so they, this boggles my mind. Yeah, it always seemed a little weird to me, but it's been repeated a number of times by, by people, yeah. It, so the f- official word here is that apparently that there are, there are methods, I haven't been told which one, or if they've been fixed, or if they consider that not broken, and they're this, this, this virus is just going to spread throughout the rest of Coco, that they will take the pointer you pass to them in the S error, they will scribble on it, and then they'll return, yes, I succeeded. Yeah. And so if you look at the error, <laughs> then you will crash or be a wrong object or something. It's basically yeah. undefined. The pattern yeah. is you need to look at the return value, decide whether that indicates an error, and only then are you allowed to look at the error you gave it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, so... So you can't, you can't treat the error as the common thing between 10 different methods you're calling. Right. So you have to look at each return value, yeah. Yes. So this is... Because things can return bools, it can return uh, pointers, and because you're not supposed to look at it, whether it actually looks like it's an actual error, for the longest time, this has defied uh, an automation where it could like promote these errors into exceptions. But I'm happy to report that I, th- I think I cracked it. Yeah. That... that um, so the this uh, the reason one of the reasons I named this package uh, NSX return throw error is that it's just a horrible horrible name and kind of re- represented my mood at the time. <laughs> okay. I want to capture the kind of like how badly I felt about this, so I thus put up a, a new package on GitHub which I haven't documented yet. I'm still working on, but I call it JR error, and it's a it's a pretty simple name because I think for the first time I figured out how to correctly and automatically wrap everything that returns an NS error in a way that is uh, effective. You can effectively promote them to NS exceptions and throw them. And I don't know if I want to get into too many details how it works, but needless to say, it has all the good stuff. It has um, statement expressions, if you know what those are, in the C preprocessor and GCC. I'm very happy to see Clang supports that. Um, it has thread local variables, which is, you know, all the cool kids are doing. Um, it basically has every trick I could come up with and even has uh, pragmas that turn off certain claim diagnostics. But don't worry, it's, it's only for, you know, the, the duration of the macro expansion. But, uh, yeah, so it's... I'm going to I encourage people to check that out. I've been... I haven't shipped an app with it yet, so they there might be dragons, but I... But it kind of deals with all the badness that is NS error, and so hopefully this will help other people out. Well, and just just to make it clear, you're taking all of the ways that things work now in in Apple's uh, APIs and turning it into what something where where you can say if you use this, the only way you'll be in an, an error will be indicated in your method is if an NS exception is thrown. Pretty much. So I define an NS exception subclass which is a JR error exception or, or something like that. And you wrap every method that returns an NS error, uh, not returns, but accepts an NS error, 
you put it inside this macro, JR push error. Put, and um, it will do the thing where if an error is raised, it will figure it out and will throw an exception or just push it onto an error stack, which is also part of the thread local variable stuff. Okay. It's, it's a little bit involved. It, it's kind of hard to explain on the podcast format, so I don't know if we want to go too much into it. Sure. I would. Um, I mean, I know that I've pretty much stopped using thrown exceptions for anything, like even – this will probably make you cry, but even in my methods, I've kind of aped how Apple does it so that you know all my methods also send on NS errors you know, further up the stack. Because that's just how things seem to work, and so you know, matching Apple's practices always seems like a very good idea when working with their APIs on their platforms. Oh yeah, that's I'm doing the same thing, and it's it's important to uh, recognize that all the function signatures still return a bool and accept an error appendage. Uh, just like uh, the magic stops at the end of the method, so I'm not throwing exceptions past the, my method. Oh, okay, but then the internals. It's easier for you to write this stuff. Because the internals are all using the patterns that, that you want to use. Correct. Okay. So you've written this co- you've written this code for uh, all the people who think like you. Pretty much. And yeah. basically, if you're if you're pissed off that you have to keep on rechecking error for before you execute the next bloody line of code, uh, you probably want to check this out. Cool. And, and you'll be charging how much for this? <laughs> MIT license. Oh no! Why did I do that? Darn. <laughs> <laughs> But I did also want to uh, go back to what you mentioned before, which is kind of like uh, part of the problem with um, user-defined errors. And this is actually, you know, I have a big problem with NS error, but I don't actually have problems so much with the class itself. And I think NS error is actually a pretty good example of of how to have um, user-defined errors in a way that works very well with system-supplied frameworks and libraries. So an NS error is simply um, it's an it's a it's a domain which is a string, and Apple predefines a few domains: the Coco and uh, POSIX and OS status and I think mock even. And then it has a code which is just a long integer, a thirty-two bit integer, and then it has a user info dictionary. Well, right, it still has it still has a friggin' number code. Right, anyway. right. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm willing to forgive them that because basically that the the what that code is interpreted against is the domain. Right. right. So, so, yeah. so if, you, if, you, if you actually don't want to care about that code at all, which in many cases you don't care about, like in terms of if you're trying to use an NS error to represent an assertion, then that error code is pretty much always negative one or something like that. And that, then the case, you actually want to look inside the user info, and that's where the real meat is. Right, right. That you can put in a lot of stuff there, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that I've... I like about it, but I'm, it's still only useful in certain cases, is the ability to, to give an error message that you can show to the user. It does have localized description. Right, and, and that, for me, the, the ability to bubble up something which says, you know, here's, okay, so there was a file error, right? Well, what file error? Right. If I have to bring that up five levels... You know, a number isn't really going to help me very much. You know, I want to know, right. you know, because then you have to have every every other level has to be able to translate that number into something. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to put a little code, put a, put some 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 strings in there, can really be helpful. But the trouble is then 
the string has to be written in such a way that it can work inside your particular UI. So it has to be very general purpose. Mm -hmm. And even then, it might not quite work. And so, for example, you you may be getting strings. Well, this is is more of a specific issue. But, you know, if you're getting, for example, a, a string back from a server, you know, that may not cut it because the server doesn't follow... Apple guidelines for how things right. are supposed to be defined. So it can be problematic, but but just this ability to, to keep bubbling up uh, something to show other than a minus 43, <laughs> I think can be very helpful, but is also can be tricky. Right. And it's, and this is, I mean, we, we can't put this all on NS error and, and the poor design pattern that Apple's chosen. I mean, this type of, you know, when a, a, the lowest level component discover something is wrong and that may or may not need to present it to the very highest point of the program at the user level. That's a hard problem in general to solve that in a generic way that's still recoverable and powerful and all this. So we can't really put that all on Apple's poor design or the NSR class itself. I suppose. I mean, it would be nice if somehow there was a, a magic cocoa wand we could wave that would just solve this all for us, but um, I don't see that being uh, that happening anytime soon. Nope. Well, now, does that cover all the stuff you didn't like about NSR? You, you, you seem yes. to have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an, an entire, you know, n- entire double pointer to NSR and the pattern where if you look into NSR before knowing there's actually an error, that 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 stopped me from being able to automate it for four years or something like that before I was able to figure this all all this out. So there was a lot of years of anger there. So, but the the list is actually surprisingly short once I figured it once I figured it out. And uh-huh. uh-huh. it's therapy for uh, <laughs> this. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. This this podcast is all about NS therapy. <laughs> well, no, no, I I know. Boy, do I know. <laughs> Although, actually, so you're saying that uh, you can't necessarily explain all the the nitty-gritty details in the podcast, I would encourage you to write a post where you go into more details of it. Yeah, I was actually going to wait until I ship an app with it, but since since we actually had, you know, since this is a topic that something I've been kind of heads down in for a while, just recently, it was fresh in my mind, so I wanted to talk about it now. And the the framework or the the library is what? J-R-R, you said? Yeah, J-R-R-E-R-R. Jerr. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because because the extra or yeah, just not not worth putting in. That's right. You know, I'm I, I'm not the uh, long method name things. Like, <laughs> I, although I gotta give Han- Apple credit to p- put the word ubiquity into Cocoa Frameworks. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah. All right. So is that that about it? Anything else? Yeah, that's about it. All right, so let's see. Uh, i got to bring up my little script here. Um, okay, if you want to send us feedback, you can send that to feedback at edgecasesshow.com, or you can go to our website, edgecasesshow.com. And again, this is episode seven, so slash seven will get you to the show notes for this episode. Uh, you can also download other episodes from our website, or you can find the link to iTunes. Uh, so we hope you do that. I hope you see that. And again, oh, and let's let's, let's add this in. Uh, my Twitter, a Pontius, a p o n t i o u s. I almost got it wrong. Wouldn't that be funny? And then your Twitter, and I'm going to do this. Wrench, rent, z s c h. Bam. 
Wow. There you go. All right. Bye. Bye.